Nearly everyone that I know treats the environment as something that you have to deal with, but you really don't want to. Even people who are acting on the environment a lot, they still treat it as it's this burden. It's a chore. You know, everyone's going to die unless we do this right away. I don't view it this way at all. I think they don't view it this way because they, I don't know anyone who's really acted on it. Actually, the, the very few who have acted to fly less, to eat less polluting stuff, I think they really like the change. They don't want to go back, not because they feel compelled to, but because they really like the way it is now. I recorded an episode a little while ago about the Henry V St. Crispin's Day speech about uh, before the Battle of Agincourt. Henry V in Shakespeare, he wanted honor. He wanted to do this. He, people who didn't want to risk going into battle, don't come. Don't bother. We are here. We are the ones. We are the ones who will stand tall every year when it approaches St. Crispin's Day. I'll put the link on the written page so you can get there easily. I also spoke on Martin Luther King's birthday about the I Have a Dream speech. This message, these, this ethos, these feelings of approaching these challenges with the awesome, the potential, the opportunity, this is how I view acting on the environment. Well, the other day I saw an obituary for a man named Willie Wood. He was a Hall of Fame defensive back for the Vince Lombardi's Packers. This made me think about Vince Lombardi, and I'm using this as my occasion to, well, I'll link to the obituary in the paper, but I also want to talk about Vince Lombardi's What It Takes to Be Number One. It's a a few paragraphs. The essay has been a touchstone for me since I first read it. First, I want to say, for those who don't know, Vince Lombardi coached football. He coached the Green Bay Packers for most of their winning. Actually, they won, I think, three championships before the NFL existed, and then the NFL formed, and they they won the first two there. I think he's widely regarded as one of the best coaches of all time. You can look him up on Wikipedia and all around the web and find out about his accomplishments. I want to read a couple of things from this obituary of Willie Wood. They give you a bit of Lombardi that you'll see if you, if you scratch the surface, but it's not always obvious. So Willie Wood was black. Now I'm quoting the, the obituary. In 1960, Lombardi summoned his players together and told them that he would not tolerate racial bias or name calling of any kind. Now in the article, there's, this is quoting a biography of him. And the quote says, If I ever hear anything like that around here, regardless of who you are, you're through with me. You can't play for me if you have that kind of prejudice. That's just a bit about Lombardi in the middle of Wisconsin. In, I think this would have been, that was 1960. Now here's the essay, What It Takes to Be Number One by Vince Lombardi. And now he's in the context of winning Super Bowls, of playing football. And I don't think it's too much poetic license to find that what he applies in the context of winning and competing and football and men well, that winning applies to acting on your values any place. And compete doesn't necessarily have to mean beating the other player. To me, a big piece of competing is exploring and working, endeavoring to reach your potential. So I think I read it that way. Football, well, he's talking about football, but it applies. what he talks about applies broadly to life and most of our professional and fun endeavors. And of course, he's talking about men because men play football in the NFL, but it applies to anyone as well. And now I'll read Vince Lombardi's what it takes to be number one. First, I'll comment on it, translate it from what he talks about into my views on the environment, environmental action. And then I'll read it again after that once through without interruption so that you can hear it as, as he wrote it. What it takes to be number one by Vince Lombardi. Winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all the time thing. You don't win once in a while. You don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit, unfortunately, so is losing. Translating this into environmental action, winning, acting by your environmental values is not something you do sometimes. You do it all the time. You don't win. You don't 
act on your environmental values sometimes when it's convenient and kind of forget about it when you could do something that's very polluting. You don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. I agree. The more that I find, look, I'm not perfect. I never said I was. I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm trying to endeavor to reach my potential. It becomes a habit, as does excusing yourself for polluting, excusing yourself for whether you pollute or not, for not acting by your values. All right, back to the essay. There is no room for second place. There is only one place in my game, and that's first place. I have finished second twice in my time at Green Bay, and I don't ever want to finish second again. There is a second place bowl game, but it is a game for losers, played by losers. It is and always has been an American zeal to be first in anything we do and to win and to win and to win. So remember, the winning, I read that as acting by your values. There's no room for second place. There's no room for acting without integrity. If you're not living by your values, it's acting without integrity. There's only one place in my game, and that's first place. To me, when he writes that, that to me means there's only one way to act with respect to the environment. It's in harmony. It takes a while to get there. It's hard to figure it out in detail, but you can always move closer and closer to it. And when he says it is an American zeal to be the first in anything that we do, I would like to think that this is a country, that we could make this a country where, so it's to win at everything. In my words, that would be to act by our values in everything we do. And when he says to win and to win and to win, I think to act by our values and to act by our values and to act by our values. So the next paragraph. Every time a football player goes to ply his trade, he's got to play from the ground up, from the soles of his feet right up to his head. Every inch of him has to play. Some guys play with their heads. That's okay. You've got to be smart to be number one in any business. But more importantly, you've got to play with your heart, with every fiber of your body. If you're lucky enough to find a guy with a lot of head and a lot of heart, he's never going to come off the field second. He's talking about football players, but why should this be different than anyone in life? You've got to act your life with everything from the soles of your feet right up to your head. We don't kind of live in an environment. We don't kind of breathe air. It's everything about us. We don't kind of try to protect the environment. We either do, we can as much as we can. And that, to me, is when you live increasingly by your values, in harmony with nature. I'll put it in terms of my food because that's one of my major interactions with the environment. I love my vegetables. My friends say, Josh, you don't have to say how much you love your food every single time you eat. And I say, I can't help it. It's so good. I could not have gotten there if I was thinking, I'll kind of try a little bit meatless Mondays or something like that. You do it with everything you've got, and you love it. This is what, I, I don't hear this from any other place. But, well, I hear it from Vince Lombardi. I hear it from Henry V. I hear it from Martin Luther King. I don't hear it from anyone talking about the environment that you're going to love it. All right, back to the next paragraph. Running a football team is no different than running any other kind of organization, an army, a political party, or business. The principles are the same. The object is to win, to beat the other guy. Maybe that sounds hard or cruel. I don't think it is. It is a reality of life that men are competitive and the most competitive games draw the most competitive men. That's why they are there, to compete. The object is to win fairly, squarely, by the rules, but to win. All right, let's go back and translate this into how I would think of it now to applying this outside of football. So running a football team is no different than running any, any other kind of organization, army, political party, or business. If we were to organize people, there are certain principles that fit with teamwork, that fit with it's not just me. It's all of us in this together. The object is to win. That is to live by our values, to help each other live by our values. We're not in this alone. We're in this together. The more that you help me, the more I can help you. That's what, to beat the other team, 
in this context would be to overcome the beliefs that are driving the behavior that continues the pollution increasing. I help you say, it's not just me doing this. It does matter how my behavior affects others. I think it matters how our behavior affects others. The opposite of that would be to not care about others. I, I don't see that. that. To me, that's so far from what it means to be human, that we are a social species, that we want to help each other. And teams help each other do that. Running a football team, to me, this is what we're in this together. We, we can't just singly, one person at a time, change our cultural norms and behaviors around the environment. Oh, and he says that's why they're there, to compete. When he says the reality of life, it is a reality of life that men are competitive and the most competitive games draw the most competitive men. All right, he's talking about men because he's talking about football. But this is about people. And when I say compete, or when he says compete, to me, I interpret that to mean explore our potential and reach our potentials. I think that we want to reach our potentials. I guess there are a lot of people out there who just want to slide by, just not get noticed and eke out an existence. Probably if you're listening to my voice, that's not you. You probably want to reach your potential. You probably want to make a name for yourself. You probably want people to know you as someone who lives by his or her values. This is the opportunity that we have. Back to the essay. And in truth, I've never known a man worth his salt who in the long run, deep down in his heart, didn't appreciate the grind, the discipline. There's something in good men that really yearns for discipline and the harsh reality of head-to-head combat. Again, he's talking about a very specific situation of men in a physical activity that requires strength and mass. The rest of us, I think it still applies. I've never known a person who in the long run doesn't really get more value out of life from living by their values, from exploring their potential and reaching their potential and expanding their potential. I think it feels great, a job well done, to allow yourself to be vulnerable, knowing that you could get hurt, and then living past it, doing something to, to strengthen that weakness, to, to explore that vulnerability and fill in the gaps and to become a more whole, integrated person. I don't know if he would listen, if, if Vince Lombardi could come back and say, that's not what I'm talking about at all. But I think he's not writing this for football players alone. I think he's writing this for everybody. So the last paragraph. I don't say these things because I believe in the, quote, brute nature of men or that men must be brutalized to be combative. I believe in God and I believe in human decency. But I firmly believe that any man's finest hour, his greatest fulfillment to all he holds dear, is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted in the field of battle, victorious. I don't know about you, this sticks with me. Look forward to when I read the whole thing again because this is, I don't say these things because I think of the brute nature of men. I don't think that we have to work really hard to live in harmony with nature. I also believe in some sort of what he calls human decency. I believe that we want to help each other. I don't believe that we want to leave a mess for future generations, for other animals. But this sentence, I believe that any man's finest hour, his greatest fulfillment to all he holds dear, is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted in the field of battle, victorious. Here's how I put this. Actually, you know, you you win some games and you lose some games. If you lose a game and you, and, and I'm talking about winning and losing games, but let's talk about, it's the same of reaching your potential, but I'll keep it in the context that he says it. If you put all you can No, let's say you lose, but you didn't put all you could into the training. You practiced half-heartedly, or you didn't show up to some of the practices. Or in the game, perhaps because you didn't practice as hard as you could, or put yourself into it. You didn't practice with integrity. Or in the game, you half-heartedly played the game. It's horrible. I mean, it will keep you up at night 
years, decades to come, if you don't put what you have on the line, if you don't reach your potential in your training, in your playing, if, however, you put everything you've got into it and you try with everything you've got, you, you, you reach your potential and you expand it and then reach that potential and expand that and you do things you never thought that you could, even if you lose the game, I think I've walked away from games like that and I have respect for the other team. Maybe they had something that we didn't, but my measure of success, how I feel about it, is not just the outcome. The outcome has a play in it, but what really makes a difference is how much did I commit relative to my potential? Because if I reach my potential and I know it, I don't feel bad about that outcome. I put everything I had into it. I reached my potential. That's the best way I could possibly live my life. I love it. What I read about the science says that if we were to stop right now, somehow magically emit no more greenhouse gases, pollute no more dioxin, no more PCBs, no more lead, stop chopping down rainforests, stop, you know, all the stuff that we're doing. If we were to stop that right now, because the effects of some things takes a while to manifest, for decades to come, we'd still be seeing degradation. So there's no question that we, in some sense, we've lost a lot here. We, we're, we're down in this game. A lot of people, they feel miserable now. They feel confused. They feel twisted up inside. They feel guilt. They feel shame. Or some feel disengaged. And yet it's something that's important to them. And they say, well, uh, so with government, corporations, someone else should deal with it. We are going to see increasing problems. I think there's a lot of people who will simply, through it all, will keep blaming others all the way through. They'll just keep saying others could do something and they're not and never look at themselves. It makes me think of people in traffic. You always think the other people cause traffic, but not me. Well, we're all doing something. If things go down, right now we all see that things are happening that affect people outside the United States, some in the United States, but not as much. And we say, well, that's terrible. Well, it's going to start affecting us. Some of us will start saying, well, I do have compassion for these people overseas and I do, I do feel pain for them as well. And to me, if we start seeing wars over resources, if we start seeing, as we start seeing greater and greater things, how are we going to feel about it? Well, I can tell you this. I'm not going to go down not trying to give all that I can. Winning is not a sometimes thing. It's an all the time thing. I will feel for people, but how I feel about myself will be determined by how closely I reach my potential or do I expand my potential and reach that again? I certainly didn't expect I would go longer than a year without flying and now I love it. Actually, this is a crazy thing. The more that you do it, the easier it becomes. These words of Vince Lombardi have stuck with me that when things happen, how I feel will be determined by what I do relative to my potential and we all have the potential to take leadership roles, to act as much as we can, to live by our values, to live with integrity as much as we can. Now, some people listening to me, maybe you don't care how your behavior affects others, or maybe you can wash it all away and, and think, well, it's other people, they should change. You have the opportunity. This is what we have available to us, that we can live by our values, that we can live the way that Vince Lombardi talked about playing football. I'm going to restart from the top and read it all the way through without a break. I hope that you'll translate it in your head as I did. When he says winning, I think acting by your values. When he says compete, I think endeavor to reach your potential. When he says football, I say life. When he says men, I interpret that to mean everyone. What it takes to be number one by Vince Lombardi. Winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all the time thing. You don't win once in a while. You don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all of the time. Winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. There's no room for second place. There's only one place in my game, and that's first place. I've finished second twice in my time at Green Bay, and I don't ever want to finish second again. There is a second place bowl game, 
but it is a game for losers, played by losers. It is and always has been an American zeal to be the first in anything we do and to win and to win and to win. Every time a football player goes to ply his trade, he's got to play from the ground up, from the soles of his feet right up to his head. Every inch of him has to play. Some guys play with their heads. That's okay. You've got to be smart to be number one in any business. But more importantly, you've got to play with your heart, with every fiber of your body. If you're lucky enough to find a guy with a lot of head and a lot of heart, he's never going to come off the field second. Running a football team is no different than running any other kind of organization, an army, a political party, or business. The principles are the same. The object is to win, to beat the other guy. Maybe that sounds hard or cruel. I don't think it is. It is a reality of life that men are competitive and the most competitive games draw the most competitive men. That's why they are there, to compete. The object is to win fairly, squarely, by the rules, but to win. And in truth, I've never known a man worth his salt who in the long run, deep down in his heart, didn't appreciate the grind, the discipline. There's something in good men that really yearns for discipline and the harsh reality of head-to-head combat. I don't say these things because I believe in the brute nature of men or that men must be brutalized to be combative. I believe in God and I believe in human decency. But I firmly believe that any man's finest hour, his greatest fulfillment to all he holds dear, is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted on the field of battle, victorious. The ethos of this essay is how I want to live. It is how I endeavor to live. And I believe that this rich, rewarding experience is available to everyone, in particular, by giving all we've got with all of our heart and our heads, with every fiber of our being, to what he would say is to win. I would say to live by our environmental values and to clean this place up.